minutes, 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds, guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff, 32 minutes past the hour. as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. Hello, it's Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Today I'm going to do a short um, version of my podcast. Uh, This has to do with a sighting that I found when I was scanning my documents uh, to put on the internet. Uh, As people know, I had sightings back in 1975, which got me down the rabbit hole and basically ended my life as I continue to change, chase the saucers. Not really interested in the UFO sightings, but I came across one sighting which I can't resist. I didn't even know I had it. And that is the sighting of my father. My father was uh, US Royal Canadian Air Force in World War II. And after he went on to become an aviation inspector for the Department of Transport, it's the same department in Canada that did the UFO um, investigation between 1950 and 1954. Um, He had his own planes that he could fly. He would fly a lot up in the Arctic and, uh, you know, inspect runways and do this kind of stuff. I had my sighting in 1975 and my father had a sighting and I thought it was later, but I've actually got the report and it uh, was January of 1976. So my father had his UFO sighting almost the same time as I got dragged into this sort of thing. I remember him coming home and telling me this. And my father, uh, of course, being a pilot, was very reticent to go on on the record having anything weird happening because his license would be at stake and his reputation would be at stake. So my father always, um, I think, was very interested in the paranormal phenomena uh, he would tell the story about his um, grandmother, um, uh, great-grandmother, I guess it was, telling the story about uh, World War One, where her son came to her in the middle of the night and said that he had been killed in the war. And then three days later, the telegram came announcing that the son had died. And I know he was... Um, he was he would be interested in my stuff when I, I wrote the book actually um, the first book which was never published but I guess he was kind of finding it cool that his kid you know was in his twenties and written this book on UFOs so he read that and then he I remember he was very interested in Claude Swanson's book um, the physics of of UFOs and stuff like that and he also read a book that I I remember him talking about he was very very interested because he was a pilot. He was interested in the story of the Lockheed 
1011, which crashes and they take pieces off this plane and put them in other planes. And, uh, this ghost starts to appear in other planes. And he was fascinated with that story. But he would always sort of try to play sort of skeptic with me in terms of, well, I remember him one time we were in the car and he said, you know, this UFO thing, I, I really don't know about this UFO thing. It's, it's just it's just all questions. There's no answers to anything. And I was thinking to myself, like, my goodness, and, you know, at that time, been 25 years I've been working on UFOs. And I thought, I can't even convince my own father that this is real. How am I going to convince anybody else in, in the outside world? So he'd like to sort of, you know, pick at things and, and bring up the questions and confront me on things that I hadn't. So I was always very aware that if I was going to tell a story to my father, I better make sure I got all the the I's dotted and the, and the T's crossed before I go there because he would pick up on all of the little loopholes that I hadn't uh, finished. So anyway, he had a sighting. This is 1976. I didn't realize it was so close to my sightings. But I remember him coming home, he was all excited, and he was telling me about this story. And as I've mentioned a number of times, the National Enquirer was up here doing stories uh, because they were going to call Manitoba the UFO capital of the world, and I was sort of the tour guide that was taking Bob Pratt, the reporter, around to various towns and stuff. And I managed to tell Bob Pratt that my father is a pilot and with the Canadian government, and he had had a UFO sighting. So, of course, he, Bob Pratt, phones up my father at, the, at his office downtown, and he files a report. And I remember my father came home, and he was just furious, absolutely furious that I had told this story to the National Enquirer. So I'll read you the official report from Bob Pratt, and he's, he's, he's sending it to John Cathcart, who was the editor that he was filing a story with. That's from Bob Pratt. Manitoba UFO sighting dated January the 27th, 1976. This had been reported uh, to me earlier as a daylight sighting of a large disc following a DC-9 jetliner out of Winnipeg, as seen from a federal aviation inspector flying in another plane at 15,000 feet below the DC-9. However, I talked to the inspector, Mr. Robert F. Cameron, this morning and he said he felt it was probably a weather balloon <laughs> because it seemed to be stationary and was not picked up on radar from below. He contacted crew of the DC-9 by radio, but they had seen nothing and could see nothing. Cameron did say he had been flying for many years and this is the first time he'd seen anything that he definitely couldn't identify. He said the object appeared to be about 2,000 feet below the DC-9 and about 100 feet in diameter. But he misjudged the distance, but if he misjudged the distance, the object could have been a much different size. It would be difficult to make a UFO case out of this. And he signs it Bob Pratt. Now, to tell the, the actual story that uh, my father told me was he's flying along and there was three planes. There was a DC-9 and him flying down lower. He was coming into Winnipeg and the DC-9 was flying out towards the the west coast, and he he and he was the pilot, and his co-pilot was there, and they saw this in behind the DC-9, and he said it it would it looked like a weather balloon, but it was a huge metallic disc in behind the DC-9, and he said to his co-pilot, "You see that?" And, he, and his co-pilot said, "Yeah, I see it," and they're looking at it, and then they radioed radar in Winnipeg. 
And they said, what have you got on the radar? And they said, oh, we got you, we got this other second plane, and then we got the DC-9. And my father said, what have you got behind the DC-9? And he said, nothing. And then my father says, it's got to be there because we're looking at it. And then my father said they both looked down for one second, looked back up, and the thing was gone. So, of course, it could not have been a weather balloon. It would not have disappeared that fast. And the DC-9 pilot wouldn't have seen anything unless he had rearview mirrors in his in his, in his, 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 his his cockpit because the thing was in behind the DC-9. I remember my father was just absolutely uh, fascinated with what he had seen had no explanation for it, and did mention the weather balloon thing. He said, well, you know, it could have been a weather balloon. And I said, well, you know, if it was a weather balloon, it wouldn't have disappeared. It would have, it would have still been there. So this was the story, and I remember um, uh, my father having his final great story, which he, he did, I guess he didn't, maybe he didn't tell me because of this, was just before my father died. He was two days before he died. Uh, you'll hear these reports about people coming to, uh, greet the the dying people and take them over and my father told my sister and he told my mother the story that uh, his father appeared and was standing at the end of the bed and um, this is only a couple of days before he died and I was kind of upset that he hadn't told me and I remember my mother and she didn't remember the story but she said to me at the time she said um, she had asked him really, your dad was here? And he had died in 1956. My father said, yeah, he was here. And my mother said, so what do you have to say? And my father said, he was just here. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so my father liked to uh, play the skeptic, but that was always good for me. It kept me uh, on the straight and narrow. Make sure you get your facts all right and uh, because you're going to be challenged when you get home. And uh, to wherever you are, Father, thanks for the UFO sighting. And Sorry, I told the National Enquirer. That's it for tonight. Uh, we'll have another story again soon. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.